I think by the time that August rolled around and like I was getting ready to go, it really set in that for the next four years, I was going to be playing jazz. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just can't do that. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine podcast. My name is Matt Landry. And in this 54th episode, I'm here with Zoe McMillan. Through the podcast, we discuss her new venture called Drum Skins, session, session drumming touring, drum covers, YouTube, her origin story, the music industry, and much more. We also play the Dream Fest game. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast, a platform that allows us to learn more about the music industry through conversations with artists, people in the behind the scenes, music business, individuals, creatives, and much more. Our goal is to shine a light uh, on all the stuff that is happening in the music world, topics, topics and realities that are gate-kept, and the people and roles that often may be overlooked. This week, I have the immense pleasure of uh, welcoming Zoe McMillan to the podcast. She is a session drummer, YouTuber, which we'll get into, um, and a new business owner. Um, she announced this past week uh, her new business called Drum Skins, a great new product that I'm really stoked to talk about. It's a, it's a, it's like it's a solution to. Uh, a major problem, actually, that some some drummers have. So I'm so stoked to talk talk about that. Um, over the last few months, Aids has been supporting Devin Cole on her live show. And through that, we got to know her camp, including Zoe. And I'm stoked to be able to chat with her today. Um, so without further ado, please welcome Zoe McMillan to the podcast. Hi, Zoe. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me, Matt. <laughs> thanks for being here. Um, let's start the, the podcast like we always start the podcast your favorite live show experience as a fan okay um one of them has to be this year we got to go to the junos yeah and, and erica and i found out that billy talent was playing at a venue like not too far away when we right, right right and just because we knew like one person they were able to get us into like the side stage area and i had never wow. seen them and it was like one of the best shows that i've ever seen yeah so that's up there for sure yeah the, the side stage experience is, is otherworldly yeah you you, you want to be there in front in the audience sometimes but to be back there is so it's very very like it, it's 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 a surreal moment yeah i i think like i still almost prefer being in front of the stage to watch it but only yeah. if i'm really close right because i still want that same sort of experience being like i don't know you can basically touch the artist not that i would <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah yeah sure that close, but then you can still hear it really well which i like yeah. But yeah i don't know being in the industry now having the ability to go side stage at some of these shows is so cool yeah it does it does not sound great though you're you're, you're yeah. so so right in saying that it's mostly you're basically only hearing drums uh which, which is fine which is fine yeah for us it's great yeah you know, it's like it's great um any any other live shows that come to mind um i i've seen the arkells like eight times oh yeah and yeah i love them sure. <laughs> um, uh, i remember uh one of the shows that i went to go see was like I think it was in Kingston a couple of years ago. They were playing yeah. at the Rock Center. That show slayed so hard. <laughs> Brought all my friends. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the, the Arkells are, uh, 
you know, I grew up in Northern Ontario. The Art Girls are very, very active in, in Southern Ontario. And uh, one summer they were at the Northern Lights Festival Boreal in, in Sudbury and they absolutely killed it. It was it was nuts. And not that I was not like expecting it. it they just killed it at like a level that I, I was not expecting at all. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad you bring it up. Honestly, they haven't brought been brought up a lot in the podcast. And um, I'd love to just talk more about about them because they have been so big in 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 the Canadian scene for a long time, and I would love to have Max on soon. And he goes to my coffee shop just around the corner. Um, so yeah, I, I was just gonna say he comes into um, one of the places that I work part time sometimes. It's funny to nice. outside of like music context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Any any other live shows that come to mind? Arkells. Billy Talent, very Canadian. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What is it? What is the term? Canadian. What is it? What is it? Canadian. Canadiana. Is that is that yeah, a thing? Canadiana. Canadiana. Yeah. Any okay. any like uh, festivals even? Um. Yes, actually, this summer at Boots. Oh I yeah. The Hardy. Yeah. Also one of my favorite artists. Like. Okay. He's so <laughs> cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that show was amazing. Like, I hadn't seen him before, and I got really into him this year through my dad, actually, who was a fan of his. Nice. And um, sort of introduced to me through, like, he's a country fan, and so am I, but we also both really like hard rock. Mm-hmm. So just having, like, that artist that does both was so cool, and then I like, yeah. I loved him. And then I got to see him, which was such a cool experience. That's great. Was your dad, was your dad there this summer? He was at our performance, but he didn't stay for Hardy, which right, is right. too bad. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's great. Um, next question. Is there a project like uh, project campaign era that would best represent your work? For the people that maybe don't know uh, Zoe McMillan, um, yeah, just the project, an era of, of, of your career so far, um, maybe, maybe a time period of some YouTube videos. Uh, I almost don't know if I could pick one because yeah, that's great. I play so many different styles or like types of bands or for types of artists. Yeah, obviously Devin is pop. She's a bit country, mm-hmm. um, but I'm also in a band called the Anti Queens, and that's a punk band. Yeah. Um, most of my videos on YouTube are like drum heavy songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are not pop like i don't think i have any pop covers on there but that i mean that's not to say that i don't like playing it because i love playing with Devin. Mm-hmm. Um, but i think that in terms of what i see myself as i guess as a drummer it's more towards the heavy side so i would say like anything for my youtube yeah YouTube drummer era fantastic go for the people go check out uh Zoe's YouTube. I, I was checking it out this morning and there is a lot of uh, harder music, I, I, which like because I've been following you on Instagram for a while, like I, I was expecting that, but like not like not like not like the rock stuff, you know, I don't know why, but it was just it, but it's great. It's fantastic. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on to the quote segment of the pod, we uh, at, at Cloud Machine, we, we sort of do a um, a look back on a quote last year was the Erica Badu quote uh, comparing the music uh, versus the music business. Um, now this year, 
for the new season, maybe, of, of the Comedy Machine podcast. We talk about Joni Mitchell's quote, which she just played at the Grammys, which is a fantastic performance for those listening that haven't seen that yet. Go check it out. Uh, fantastic performance. I had a tear. Uh, it, tears in my eyes, really. Um, <laughs> the Joni Mitchell quote is, I heard someone from the music business saying they are no longer looking for talent. They want people with a certain look and a willingness to cooperate. Um, this was from an interview with Robert Hilburn of the LA Times in 2004. Um, now, what is what are your first instincts when you hear this, Zoe? It's uh, and I, I'm going to say the quote again. I heard someone from the music business say saying they are no longer looking for talent. They want people with a certain look and a willingness to learn. What do you what are your, what are your thoughts there? My initial thought when I was skimming over these questions earlier was that yeah. I agree. But now hearing it back, I think I think both sides are true. Yeah. Like um maybe not so much how somebody looks. I think you know times are kind of getting away from that. Mm-hmm. Um that people are more accepting. Yeah. But definitely on the willingness to cooperate, I think that's huge in the business. Yeah. Like you can be the best player of all time, but if you suck to hang out with or like you you don't want to do anything that will help your artist, like speaking from a drummer's perspective, you're not going to get hired for anything. So you do need to have elements of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about the hang. Really. Yeah. Um and and when you hear willingness to cooperate, what do you what like where does your mind go there? Cuz as a drummer, sure, we're we're always trying to sort of support the artists um but do you think about like when you think about it in like an artist perspective like what what do you think about about that like maybe as what Joni was saying so like labels Mm -hmm. sort of wanting people with a certain like obviously like you said this is 2004 this is literally 20 years ago now um but yeah yeah yeah, it's kind of wild but um yeah any any thoughts on on from an artist perspective yeah I mean my guess would be a lot of label pressure to either yeah. put songs out that they don't necessarily resonate with. I know that happens a lot, even still. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I remember, I think Erica was telling me about a Lady Gaga quote saying that like the reason why she put out this music that's different from what her later music was, was just so that she could sort of like get the label off her back and then she could have the traction to do what she wanted. So maybe it's, right. you know. Right, right. She did it, Lady, like a uh, album, Lady Gaga's version or whatever. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, and and there's a lot of people that sort of do or lean towards what the what the labels saying like early on in their career, mm-hmm. and then sort of later they can basically do whatever they want, including buy their masters back and do yeah. literally anything they want and be on top of the world, like a like a Madame Taylor Swift. Um, yeah. How is how is the business part? of just music business if we're going into that um and industry and all that stuff how is the business part viewed on your end as uh you know a session player as a youtuber as 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 i've called you today (laughs) um honestly i don't know obviously i know more about the music business now that i'm in it than i did before yeah but i'm not in it in a way that i think artists are in it like Mm. I'm not signed to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I play for certain people who are signed to other people. Um, So I think it sort of just trickles down to me in that way. But, like, I know that everybody hears things about, like, awards shows. And it's just, 
the money buying the votes and whatever, but I, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's all I really know about the industry as like an umbrella term. Okay, sure. My really, my experience with it is just through other people, like the artists that I'm playing with. Right, right, right. But some would say, so some would say that is the industry for, for somebody like you. And, and I'm interested in this because I'm coming from a session drummer's perspective as well. Um, and, and I, I wanted to also validate that in, in regards to that is also the industry because, you know, I don't also don't get a lot of session players on here and want to talk about your experience through the business part of it. And not necessarily only like the, the, I guess the award shows and stuff like that, but even just like talking business with the artists that you're working with or just like viewing like the relationships like on uh, on on socials or on Instagram or stuff like that. Um, do you feel um, like, <laughs> for instance, like I sometimes I feel like more businessy than like in certain in certain like circles or with certain artists than not. Like, how, how do you feel about that as as a, as a session drummer, because I don't necessarily get to talk about the session drumming part of it a lot. I feel the same. It's definitely dependent on the circle that you're in or the people that you're with. Yeah. Um. There are definitely people or groups of people that I feel like I need to be more like businessy than just like, I'm a drummer, let's hang out and play some music kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I work for you. Right. But I mean, I'm sure everybody, every musician experiences that, whether or not they're drummers, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely prefer the one that's more like, let's have fun and play music. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But it still does exist on both sides. Mm -hmm. And how, how do you like handle those, like those, those business conversations? And what do you, what would you consider like the business side of what you're, what you're doing? I think the business side for me is like what I'm getting paid that's sure kind of like the the biggest topic I would say that I encounter and it yeah. can be kind of a weird topic to discuss with somebody like yeah paying you and you want to raise or something like <laughs> yeah I yeah. haven't had a real job that I've had to do that like I've never stayed at a job longer than the summer before right. being a drummer so I, I didn't right yeah it's very taboo and I, I and and I haven't really gotten a chance to to speak to somebody ab about this because uh, again I don't necessarily have a lot of session people on like like musicians I get hired by artists um I've, and without naming anybody I know it's it is very taboo but has there been instances in the past where you've had to sort of like you know I, I mean we've all we've all had those moments but um like, have there been moments where, like, you felt uncomfortable with, you know, a pay or something like that and had to sort of, like, speak to them about this stuff? And I'm just I'm just trying to think about think, think of ways to basically talk about this because it is an issue and, and not necessarily the, being the pay, but just even like feeling taboo about it. You know, it's like it's like we're all just working. We're all just hanging out, but also just making music. Um yeah. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've um, I've been pretty lucky in my situations thus far. Yeah. And that generally when somebody like if somebody's hiring me for a show, they'll ask me what my rate is and I'll tell them. And usually they're like, OK, cool. Yeah. yeah Sometimes yeah. 
sometimes they're like we can't do that like we can only pay you half of that and then yeah they just find somebody else right before can like respond yeah yeah so yeah it happens but yeah do you think it's more important for you to to say no to those gigs like like um I've often been pretty flexible with my rate, although now learning like years later, years and years later that, you know, maybe that was a mistake early on. Um, but early on, I needed the gigs. So I was like, OK, well, what, what's in your budget? What's in your stuff? Have you found it beneficial to be like stay firm with your rate and like things like that? I don't know if I've ever stayed firm with my rate. Honestly. OK, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I also try and be super flexible because I want the gigs. Like, right. Like I, I just love playing shows. Yeah. And I would do it for free if I had to, but like anybody listening who wants to hire me, don't <laughs> yeah. <hire> yeah. Me for free. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm flexible because I yeah. want to do it. Yeah, that's. I feel the same way too. It's like, especially with artists and music that I love, which I don't. I don't hate. A lot of music so it's like yeah. most people that approach me i'm like i'm down yeah uh so yeah no it's I, I i get i get the vibe i get the vibe um yeah it's just it's just hard sometimes i don't know i, I i'm sort of going off script here but i think it's so important to, to talk about it and i want to talk to a lot more people about it just because it's it's literally one of the only things that people or not necessarily people in the music industry, but specifically musicians, when they think about music business, they really just think about pay, mm -hmm. <laughs> like negotiation. So I just want to talk more about that stuff because I, you know, it's really vital to just our survival, literally. Yeah. Um, where do you think music business is going, is going in general? And uh, have you seen some new developments recently? It's just in the live, well, in the live industry, but also not in the live industry, just in general industry um, that you're interested in yourself? That feels like a really... Very general big, question. Big question. It's a huge question. Um, okay, well, I, I'll zone in on the what am I interested in because that yeah. seems to be the tackle first. Sure. Um, I think it would be really, really cool to be a musical director at some point oh, in my yeah. career, um, especially as a drummer. Like... I grew up playing piano and I have a pretty good ear. Mm. So I think that I would be good at that job. I just don't really know my way around the softwares or like I don't have the tools yet to be able to do that yeah. very well. But I do think that that would be something that would be really cool um, as well as learning how to record drums properly. Yeah. Because that's not something that I know how to do either. Right, right, right. Like mixing drums specifically. Right. So over the past few weeks, I've been talking to um, just two artists, um, Rob and Kara from Bali, and mm -hmm. we've been talking about um, like modern artistry and how like artists have become like way more like self-promotional throughout the years just because of TikTok, because of Instagram. But I believe that it's been also individualized and a lot of session musicians uh, like yourself, like myself, um, have sort of like these these platforms have, have allowed them to become like individual in individuals like in the industry for for years it was basically all associated to the acts that they were playing for um so what are your thoughts on that and i want to speak to sort of your covers and now your business and like basically just being like as as like a session drummer 
being able to do all these things and be like be like a, a multi hyphenate in that in that sense um so what are your thoughts on on that just in, being now able to individually um promote as a drummer um and well, how I, do you yeah go ahead oh, sorry i totally agree that that's that's what's happened with all this social media and it has been for me at least so so huge in my career yeah like, i really think that my decision to start making youtube covers is the reason that i'm doing this professionally now like that's if i hadn't done that then i don't think anybody would have found me online the way that they did like right gotten sponsorship deals from that like yeah. from youtube at the yeah. core and then that sort of translated to instagram and tiktok and you know artists find you that way where you can connect with other people because you know somebody and then they look at your page and they say oh well, she's actually a really good drummer i should hire her yeah so yeah like it's been huge was 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 the was it intentional like was it like oh i'm gonna do youtube covers because i want to get more gigs no no at the time um when i first started doing them i was still in undergrad yeah and um i think it was covid summer like, yeah yeah and i had thought about like i've been watching drummers on youtube for years at that point yeah yeah, yeah. I thought it would be cool to do that and then i was like okay, i have all this time on my hands i might as well try it yeah and i just remember thinking like my videos were getting like 20 views or something yeah but i thought you know if i do this every week at some point someone's gonna pick it up and then yeah. they did. i was like perfect <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and i guess i guess now sort of going into the origin story and and talking about that because i still want to talk about youtube um at, at that point um were you in undergrad for music like was no. it ever was it ever like an option for you like it was it ever like was that the dream kind of thing it was um, yeah. it's not what i went to school for okay but in in high school i decided i wanted to do music in university so okay. i applied to a couple schools for music um mm -hmm. and ended up going to queens well so i i was gonna go to u of t for their jazz program yeah and then in august like a month before move-in i was like i can't do it i need to go to queens so then i switched okay so i went to queens um i did music for my first year there mm -hmm. and then i switched into civil engineering so that's what i whoa that's what my degree is in yeah but I, I still <laughs> fantastic bands, so. yeah, yeah in kingston sick yeah. uh a little lower story for y'all i applied to civil engineering in high school as well really <laughs> yeah i did i did i got in i went to music business school instead yeah. I, I did i did love the civil engineering path and uh you know what it's it still could be an option plan uh, plan plan e at this point yeah. uh <laughs> um fantastic let's let's that's good to know but let's restart the origin story here um, can you give me a lowdown on, on where you grew up and your creative upbringing? Yes. Yeah. So I grew up in Ancaster, um, yeah. just outside Hamilton. And my parents are both very musical, like mm -hmm. a very musical household. 
Um, my brothers and I all grew up playing piano. Like we had to, and we had to take lessons. My parents yes. had lessons. <laughs> was it was it the type of thing where it's like you could do one sport, but you had to do piano kind of thing, or it's like I don't really remember. I just know that. Like, my brothers are all older than me, so I think my perception okay. at the time was, like, they're doing it, and I am, too, by the time that I was, like, four, I think. Right, right. Um, But I remember my mom telling me once that when I was in kindergarten, so I was, like, three, I guess, just asking when I can start taking lessons because I wanted to be like my brothers. Okay, great. Yeah, so then um, they all stopped before I did. So I was in piano until I was like 10 or something. Okay. Um, and then started playing alto sax because we had to hey. make an instrument in class. <laughs> yeah. Like in band? Yeah. 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 And nice. I was so bad. Like, oh, no. So bad at it that my, <laughs> my music teacher was like, you know, we don't have any percussionists in, in your grade. Oh, yeah. You should, you should try that. <laughs> So, and it was like it was drum kit. No, it was like um, grade six percussion, like snare. Oh wow! Okay. Some orchestral stuff, but like yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, um, and then I started drum set two years later. Okay, cool. Yeah. And and what was the uh, so so <laughs> so me for me growing up. And it's it's fun because I, I never really have drummers on the pod. So it's it's fun to talk about this side um, of, of things and, and sort of the origin story on the drum side because I can relate so much to it. Um, were your parents like skeptical about getting drums in the house? Like, was it that, that whole thing? Like, was it like, in the garage first or whatever? No, my drums have always been in the basement. Yeah. But I don't think that they ever were not down for it. That's great. It's really great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, our basement is carpeted, so at least there's that sort of layer of sound dampening. But we didn't have a door or anything to the basement. Right. Um, they have since put in doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But back then there was nothing. Yeah, that's great. We yeah, yeah we it was a, a similar situation. Although we we did have the doors, we did have the doors. Um, and and for your family, so what kind of music was was happening at home? Uh, you, you were saying that your dad was more country uh, or sort of hard rock vibes. Um, yeah. Was it, was it, was the whole family like that? No, just okay. my dad um, and my oldest brother and I, the three of us like hard rock. And then my dad yeah. and I are really the only country fans. Okay. Um, And yeah, my mom has always been into like, I, I don't know. She really likes John Mayer. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My mom loves John Mayer. <laughs> Sorry? He's, I think, has to be one of her favorites. Nice. Even now, whenever I go home for dinner, usually she's playing John Mayer on the Alexa. So <laughs> Alexa does love John Mayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, what about some, well, you, you, you also said that you had another brother. Was he into, what, did he lean on one side? Was it more like pop like your mom or was it more like rock country like you, you guys? Um, well, I, so I have three brothers. So the oldest yeah. one, he's more like rock and indie stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the next one was super big into EDM for a while. Yeah, okay. And then that was also like 
passed on, I guess, to the next brother. Sure. And I got really into that too in university. Did you? Yeah. I think it was probably a result of like Dexter and clubs and whatever. And the three of us were together. So it was like all at, of us. At Queens? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Uh, so. Well, okay, I'm going to go influences first, and then I want to go back to university. Um, so uh, early influences in, in piano and drums and stuff, um, like, were you playing, uh, like, country and rock songs? And I just want to go back to, like, your first time playing the drums. Like, what were, what were what was what was that like? What were you, what were you playing to? When I first started... Well, okay, so when I was taking lessons, when I first started, yeah, um, usually what we would do is he would give me, like, a book of uh, beats and stuff to practice, like, different limb independence, but yeah. we would also be learning a song at the same time, so he would usually let me pick, and I think the first song I ever learned was um, Move Along, All American Rejects. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, and then around that same time was... Um, I learned rope by the Foo Fighters. Yeah, yeah, and I performed that at my grade eight talent show. Sick. Um, yeah. yeah. Did you have to bring like your drums to school, or were there were there drums at school? school kit, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So now going going to to university, then um, why didn't you want to go to U of T? Is it because your brother your brothers are at Queen? No, one of my brothers was at Queens at the time. Um, the other two were in the States. Okay. School. Okay. And I think like I wanted to go to U of T originally because I knew that it would be really good for my drumming skill yeah. to be a jazz player. But the truth is I don't like playing jazz. Sure. And I think like I think by the time that August rolled around and like I was getting ready to go, it really set in that for the next four years I was gonna be playing jazz. Yeah. I, like, yeah. <laughs> I just can't do that. <laughs> that is a fantastic uh yeah, no reflection, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I had the same reflection. Really, really did. Um that but that yeah, okay, that's great. And did you like Queens? I loved it, yeah. Yeah. Queens girly. I, you know, you hear a lot of stuff about just like Queens and like, just like the party thing. And like, it was, it, is that like true? Is that like a thing that's like, that's like yeah, the, the actual true. reality? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, and how, so, and was it, was it different? Like, how did your experience, how, I guess, from first year to your, the rest of your years, um, how was it different being from going from music um, to studies to, to the civil engineering degree? Um, I think that my like overall experience at university and happiness just drastically improved when I went into civil engineering. Okay. Wow. Great. And I think it's like probably because I didn't realize that music at Queens is geared towards people who want to be music teachers, really. Right. Which is great, but it's just not what I wanted. Right, right. right. Um, so then when I switched into civil, like, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it, but I ended up loving it. So that was pretty lucky. And 
yeah, yeah, I mean, everybody works together on stuff. So it was like a really team effort to get through the degree. Right. It was great. Yeah. And was it always the plan to go back to music after? No. Um, okay. I actually started my, I started my master's oh, in wow. structural engineering, but I, I only did one semester and then I left. Okay. Fantastic. So, okay. And, and would, could you ever go, just go back kind of thing? I don't know, actually. I still have <laughs> okay. credits, but I don't know how it works. <laughs> right, right, right. And you started your master's at Queen's? Yeah. Nice. Cool. Well, that's, that, that's great. Um, now, did you leave Queen's because you were getting gigs, like getting busier with all that stuff? It was like probably pandemic as well. Yeah. So that was in 2021. Um, yeah. So I, I was there until December 2021 doing that one semester of the master's. Yeah. Um, and then by that point, I, I think I thought I saw this in your sheet to talk about later, but that's when I sort of like got linked up with Devin. Right. Um, so then things started happening and my supervisor, I had told him basically that I wasn't sure if I was going to finish this master's because it was a two year program. And he was like, that's fine, but you have to decide by Christmas. And I was like, okay. True. <laughs> like, around, I, like, I guess I'll you're leave. Like, you're like, nah. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So, so, and, and at that point you were, you were doing the covers and stuff? I was, yeah. I was like, I was so on my YouTube game back then. Yeah. yeah. One coming out every week. Like I was yeah. so good. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah. Um, Cool. Let's 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 get into the the chat about 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 sort of my segue was basically to ask you about the beginning of your career and when it changed professionally for you. But it's it really is just like back to back to back yeah. and sort of being like, OK, it covers and then masters don't do the masters by Christmas. And then it, the link with Dev, was that like just like right away kind of thing? Well, she also went to Queens, so I knew her there. Oh, OK. But we. Um, we didn't know each other super well, but her best friend did cheerleading with me in our okay. second year. So we okay. were friends. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, Devin was playing at this one bar called The Brass all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that I ever saw her there, but a lot of my friends did. Right. And I guess, like, I was posting stuff online. And by that time, I think I had switched to doing Instagram stuff, too. Mm -hmm. and she was also doing that and I messaged her one day and just said basically like I see that you're doing music stuff so am I we should do it together and she replied and she was like I was gonna ask you that anyways and she sent me a picture of a sticky note on her computer that said drums Zoe question mark and I was like it was meant to be wow 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 okay and and in, in like in her career trajectory trajectory wow i'm having some issues today trajectory <laughs> um where was she at like was she it was it still like um like was she doing the covers on instagram as she's doing today was she doing some some solo shows headline stuff or was it very much like at the beginning of her sort of uh, it was incline now it was the beginning of her live career okay um, i think yeah, yeah um so she was doing stuff online she had mm. i think she had an ep out um, okay from great maybe a year before and 
Um, our first show was at the Elma Combo, which is like a crazy oh, place yeah. to have your first show. We were upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the, yeah, the and, newly renovated Elma Combo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So this is just a couple of years ago, but yeah, yeah. It's it's funny to see. Sometimes I'll get videos of that show coming up on my phone. Yeah. And, happened. Yeah. and it's it's crazy to see those versus now. Yeah. Let's 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 talk about it now. So Dev's doing great. Y'all are doing great. Um bunch of touring lately. Um just reflecting on some touring and some opportunities. Like what have been the fondest memories so far um with Dev? And and honestly, maybe it's a to talk about Dev as well, because for the people listening, inviting you to go check out uh, Devin Cole's music, um, you know, on YouTube or uh, Instagram. Um, but yeah, if 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 you could sort of pitch Dev's music <laughs> and uh, talk about maybe some of the fondest memories so far that y'all have, that'd be fantastic. I'm also intrigued because I don't know. Yeah. Um. So I think. Top like five for me so far with her has been yeah. Stampede this past year. Yeah. The three of us, like Dev, Erica, and I just, we have so much fun together as is, <laughs> but we were in Calgary for three days, I think, or four days. Mm -hmm. We were staying at her dad's place and it was just like bananas the whole time. I'm sure, we yeah. So I think on the first or second day and then we were just there. Right. We were watching all these other shows, having so much fun. Yeah. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so that was like early July. And yeah. then later on in July, we went on the Andy Grammer tour. And I think that is the fav my favorite tour that I've ever done. Yeah. So it was all over the States um, Very for cool. like two or two and a half weeks. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was so great. Yeah. A a favorite shows from that, from, from then? Did you remember like, the, the, your favorite show from that tour? Yeah, um, one of them was the the first one. It was in yeah. Asheville, North Carolina. But I think the reason why that one is high up on my list is because I used to live there as a kid. So it was like, oh. yeah. Okay, great. It was a short stint thing when I was 10 and 11. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and, and I haven't and... been back really, so. Okay, great. And did you move there because like uh like of job like your parents jobs or something or no um my second oldest brother was like the sports brother growing sure. up <laughs> sure so he um he transferred to go to boarding school down there to yeah. finish high school to play basketball okay um but he was only in grade 10 i think so the brother that's like between me and him and my parents and i Mm -hmm. So like the three youngest ones and my parents, we all moved down there. Right. And then my oldest brother was going to university that same year. So um, it just worked out for timing with that. Right. And but he could only stay for a bit. So, right. For two years, you said? It was on and off. So we did, I think, six months the first year and then five months the second year. Okay. Yeah. Great. That's yeah. what a... What a what a story but it's cool that you went back for the anti grammar uh grammar tour yeah i couldn't believe it when i saw the the tour routing yeah like, way we're going to Asheville. what <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it seems to be a popular um sort of stop on on a lot of tour i don't know why Asheville. 
And I hadn't, I hadn't heard yeah. that. I figured that everybody like, if they ever said Asheville, they just meant Nashville because it's not a huge place. So. <laughs> yeah, Asheville with an N for sure. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Um, any, any challenging moments? Because I, I love the challenging moments to to learn from, uh, and especially for those listening, maybe they're tuning in to maybe learn more about you, maybe to gain some knowledge about what to do on tour, what to not do on tour, or just some interesting stories. Uh, any challenging mm-hmm. moments so far with uh, specifically Dev? Yeah, the first one that immediately comes to mind <laughs> is also happened on the Sandy Grammar tour. Yeah, um, I can't remember if I if we were talking about this in rehearsal last week or not, but there was a show that was really hot. It was like thirty six degrees outside, and it was an outdoor show. Yeah. So between sound check and the show, we took all the electronics off stage to put them in the shade. Yeah. And um. The way that our our set used to start was that Erica and I would play something like the intro of Hey Cowboy and I would do a little drum thing yeah. before any tracks start. So then we finish playing our thing and then Devin comes out and then I hit play. So that's how it's supposed oh, to Oh, right. Yeah. But what happened was when we brought the stuff back out, um, we were in kind of a rush. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it happens. Yeah, sure. Erica and I... We start playing our thing. Dev comes out as normal. The crowd is cheering for her. I go to hit start, and then nothing nothing happens. And then so I'm like, that's kind of weird. And then I realize that the computer isn't plugged into the uh, Play Audio 12, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, the interface, yeah. Yeah, and I can't find the cord anywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like like a five-minute scramble of me running off stage like running backstage to try and find this cord and i can't find it anywhere so then andy grammar's guys like his uh his texts come out on stage and they're like what what do you need and then a, they bring a bunch of different options and finally we find one that works wow. so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah those those tech challenges i i i mean lived so many different ones and uh yeah no that sucks especially in the in because it's a temperature thing, you know, um, I, the recent temperature thing that I think about is just the beaches, uh, just in the fall, they went to, they went to Florida or no, just, just in December, they went to Florida. Uh, and while it's cold up here, their cases, some of their cases melted because it was, it was in the sun in Florida. Yeah. So the playback case, basically the one that's right next to me, literally some of the, some of the, like this, the bolts melted because they're plastic. Anyway, so it just makes me think about the te- the, that and temperature sucks and just outside shows are just, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, they can uh, be a challenge, but I like them more than inside shows. They just have to. Oh, play. sure. Oh, uh, I love outside uh, outdoor festivals. Yeah. Some of my favorite, uh, I mean, some of my just favorite shows have been, have been those, especially festivals. I, I do love a fest. Mm-hmm. Um. Some of the things that you've learned so far, um, anything that comes to mind, not and not only with Dev, just like just overall career-wise, things that you've learned from some of the challenging moments. Um, yeah, anything that comes to mind there. Um, I've learned at least about myself that I lose things all the time. Yeah. So, like, they- when you're when you're packing for tour. It is so important to have a list of like literally everything that you have with you 
mm. or else you're gonna lose stuff yeah and it just happens all the time i've lost my ears before oh yeah yeah it it happens <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So in that, do you, do you bring spare ears or do you just like go to the store, uh, the um, guitar center or the long McQuaid on the. Yeah. I was prepared up? to go to the store, but our tour manager, it just happened to have like an extra set with them. Yeah. So that was good. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the, the whole thing, the whole sort of having a list on tour thing is so important. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have it for gear. Um, yeah. but the personal stuff is really important. I've lost so much <laughs> stuff on tour. I've bought I've like so many times that happened where I've bought like a like a cool new hoodie or something for tour, and then I lose it like on. Yeah, tour. it's just gone. Yeah, <laughs> like, what the gone. hell? <laughs> yeah. Um, th what about things that you thought you knew about just just the industry or live shows or touring and stuff? Things that you thought you knew, but turned out to be completely different. Any thoughts there? Hmm. Um, probably something to do with live shows. Like, I guess, I, oh yeah, here's something. Yeah. Um, so as an opener, like that's what, I, that's what we've done most of, or I've done most of in my career. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I didn't think would be like, such a huge deal or as big of a deal as it is is your timing of everything like i know yeah. that it's important to be off stage by a certain point you know your changeover is done but if you are given like a 30 minute set and you go over by a bit like they can stop you if they want to yeah that hasn't happened to me but i know that they can yeah yeah, yeah. and that's I didn't think that that would ever actually happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. An opener has so many restrictions mm -hmm. compared to compared to the headliner. For sure, it's their show, right? So, and and if they don't if they don't have enough time to start on time, then it's most of the time the opener's fault. Um, totally. Yeah. If it happens. So, no, but it's no, it's it's totally great. Any other like opening opener like things that you were like, oh well, I guess that's just how it is for openers. Any any other things like that? Um. Yeah. I mean, the setup is always a challenge on stage. Yeah. Um. Because obviously <laughs> the headliner is going to leave all their equipment there, but <laughs> yes. And this is this is not a shot <laughs> at anybody, but when we were, it just makes me laugh when we were touring with Valley. Um. I remember some of these stages that we played were like narrow yeah well these were wide but on the narrow ones they have like um mickey and alex have their keys set up where i was setting up at the time yeah yeah yeah. pushing into a corner and we were like we made it work but it's just funny yeah oh man i remember <laughs> I'm, I'm just relating here but the uh <laughs> first time the first elio show ever um we we basically we we got into soundcheck and they literally gave me they literally gave me like like just like four feet of room for my drums four <laughs> feet by four feet and my my floor tom was was over a light and my ride was on a riser like was like <laughs> my ride was like on a riser and I had to lower it because 
I didn't have other anywhere else to put my ride. Nate had literally just the size of the desk that that I'm on, and he was like playing keys and guitars like that. And anyway, <laughs> it just like I get it, but it just sucks, you know. Yeah. It's just like yeah, and especially as a drummer because it's all physical, and you need it needs to be where you're normally like uh, from like even just like your like the your physical drums need to be where you're they normally are because you're used to it yeah. you're used to it so it's like it's weird if like your rides at a different angle or your tom's not angled properly or your snare or you're too close to the snare because your your back is at in a light or something anyway yeah oh my god the back and the light <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it gets so hot <laughs> yeah oh my gosh yeah oh yeah um jag okay this is fun um yeah. let's go let's move on to um the youtube Mm, but, um, uh, this 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 side is great uh, I want to talk to you about that I have literally have n- not had one person on um, that have done like the, the, the covers on YouTube thing okay. um, and I want to chat about it and for those who don't know I in the literally at the same time as you started in 2020 I did a like a drum cover series uh, called the Daily Drum Clips, and for those who don't know, I invite you to check them all out. Uh, and they ba- they were basically created for like short form form content. They were just like one minute long covers, and then I eventually put them up on YouTube. Um, but I'm really interested in your process because I sort of went through a similar process. Um, my process was a little bit time consuming. I didn't have access like to my drums on my house, so mm-hmm. probably a little bit different than you. Um, just wanted to talk to you about your process and how you prepare, shoot, edit, and uh, and publish your videos. And uh, I know that there's been a bit of time since you posted on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to talk about that. So, um, okay. yeah. So, and to go back to the beginning, what was the inspiration to 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 start the covers? I know we talked about it a little bit, but. Yeah, um, so my uh, my summer job had been delayed by like two months because oh, of COVID. Wow. And I didn't have anything to do with myself. Like <laughs> we all know we couldn't do anything during that yeah. time. So I was just always in the basement playing because, you know, that's what I liked. And yeah. what was I going to do? So then I... I had always wanted to do videos on YouTube, like these drummers that I had been watching for years. And I just figured like, since I had the time now, I should just try it. So my my early video setup was using, I think my parents old like uh, video recorder camera. Yeah. Video camera, that's the word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I set it up on, I don't know. I think I found a tripod somewhere and set it up. But I was just recording, like, I would play the song with the camera in one spot, and then I'd play it again with another spot, and right. just so on until I have different views. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just taking the camera audio, putting it into GarageBand, lining it up with my video, and then that yeah. was it. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and then that sort of evolved over time into me using just my phone like that's what i still use to record um, yeah now i use my gopro as well so that i can have at least two going yeah yeah me less time but i'm still 
like doing multiple videos. So I end up with like six or seven different clips that I'm cutting up. Um, yeah. And I do have mics now on my drums, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm taking that audio, matching it to my videos, and then I'm sending it to my audio guy. Oh, okay, <laughs> so okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to ask about that because earlier you said that you wanted to learn about like drum placement and drum recording and stuff. And I was like, whoa, well, I thought you did that yourself. So, okay. So yeah. yeah, Okay. And so what has that process been like from doing just the audio from the video camera to now? And, you know, obviously there was, there was just like a need for it kind of thing. Is that what it was? Yeah. I mean, my, my videos back when I was first starting are terrible quality all around. <laughs> the video isn't great. Right. And the audio is just worse. I guess, because it's straight from a camera. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't sound yeah. good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So eventually, that. eventually, I think I was borrowing some mics from a family friend who's also a drummer. Mm. Um, and then my parents got me some for Christmas one year. So then I started using those. And those are the ones that I still have. Um, I did nice. just break one like a month ago. Oh, um, no. To replace that. But yeah. But yeah, like the overall overall video quality has drastically improved since yeah. I started. Yeah, yeah. Any any um any challenges in regards to like editing and stuff? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I when I was doing it consistently, I got really good at editing mm. an entire video in like an afternoon. Right. Like I could just pump it out basically. Yeah. Um, but the audio would still take me a long time just to chop up and and make sure that I was taking the right clips that match with the video so that I'm not like, you know, you're not hearing something different than you're seeing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and I, I do have a couple of videos on there that have been my own stab at mixing. Right. And they're bad, but they're like, I mean, they're not great just because right, I don't right. have the EQ stuff myself. Yeah. And... So because I've, I, you know, I've had some issues as well with this and, you know, a lot of people that have been doing covers and maybe for the people listening that are here to learn more about it. Um, how have you sort of walked the fine line of copyright and covers and stuff like that? I'm going completely oh. off script here, but um, have you just like just put them up and just like cross your fingers vibes? Yeah, I mean, I don't think since my channel has been monetized i don't think that i've put out a single cover that has been demonetized that's great no oh no i said that wrong i don't i haven't put out a single cover that has been monetized all of them, uh, all oh. of them from copyright sure 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 <laughs> sure sure they're just Except like or like when i do the drums only version then obviously that's fine because right right yeah. So that's sort of my, that was like my loophole. Right, right. The drums only thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as I saw, as I've been, as I checked the, the, the channel out today, um, been a bit of time since, since, since a cover, are you just busy? You're just yeah. busy with stuff. Yeah. I've just it been makes busy. sense. <laughs> I, I really want, I want to get back at doing it this year um, yep. because I love doing it. And right now, well, the next video that I'm going to put out is going to be 46 and 2. Oh, yeah. And um, I just, like, I'm done learning it. I just haven't 
had the time to record it really right 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 and do you head to your parents place to record like i see like you have like electronic drums behind you um yeah this is where i was learning 46 and 2 <laughs> nice because <laughs> this is like minimal yeah yeah totally yeah um but yeah my actual kids in my parents basement still nice so you gotta go there. You gotta book some time with them. They they need to like close the doors and then just let you like shed for an afternoon or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean they don't. I don't know if they even really stay home when I'm doing it. <laughs> I don't. I don't like yeah. from the basement for hours when I'm recording, especially sure. a long song like that one. That's gonna take a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Well, that's yeah, that's great. I mean, my parents are troopers for 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 going through that just having a kid that plays drums yeah i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure your parents are just as uh you know i don't even know trooperish no uh you know the just the patience you know for for drum drum parents mm -hmm. anyway just yeah, wanted to I shout out the mcmillans you know saying <laughs> one time yeah yeah um, i think it also helps though like my both of them are are so supportive of me doing this as a career yeah but i think like if we're talking patience for noise i think my mom is probably the more patient one because my dad also plays bass in the basement oh, yeah. and like likes to crank the amp oh so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So i don't think he really cares about noise but my mom has to deal with both of us true <laughs> was there a lot of like jamming like early on not a lot like when I was first starting I was always I don't know why I was always so weird about it like I was nervous I guess to play yeah with people um unless it was a song that I already knew but I never liked going outside of that or just like jamming right and my right, oldest right. brother plays guitar and sings so he would he used to want to jam with me all the time and I would always be like oh not tonight and like I don't know why right right, right. but now um my dad that brother and i have a family band so Whoa. we play together now okay yeah that's fantastic yeah <laughs> and like 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 out like like y'all like like put on shows we the only shows we've done so far have been at our cottage we yeah. like set them up on the dock and then people have come to watch either like floating on their noodles or in their boats <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, but we want to put on a uh, a show in Toronto in the next couple of months. Like it's only covers that we do. Yeah, no, that's but great. Like, yeah. Yeah. Is there a name? Yeah, we're called North Lake Sexy. <laughs> 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 that's fantastic. Is that the name yeah. of of the of the lake that your cottage is on? Yeah, it's on North Lake. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's on North Lake. Yeah. Yeah, it's called North Lake Sexy. Sure, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very funny. Um, fantastic. Um, I want to go back to the covers. Uh, and by the way, people check out North Lake Sexy, and uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for the Toronto show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um how of the covers? I and mean, we you touched up, uh, on it just a little bit earlier, but um, how have the the, the videos influenced your your professional path? Um, I think probably the biggest way has been in my style of playing and my interests oh, wow. of what I want to play. Mm -hmm. So the only way that I 
was learning drums really other than like the little packets that I was doing was by learning songs and that's yeah. still what I do now if I want to learn like I don't know new fills or something right just like learn a new group of songs and then kind of take ideas mm -hmm. um but back then I really I really liked learning Rush songs I don't really know why that started other than like Neil Peart is obviously a god yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, I mean, I started out learning Rush when I was like in grade nine, maybe is probably when I first started doing that. And then just kept doing it until, you know, now I'm still doing it. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with like the Foo Fighters or Avenged Sevenfold when I was getting into playing heavy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thick. <laughs> um oh man i if avenge sevenfold for me is just so iconic not as a fan of the music just because like all of this music was a part of the video games i used to play as a kid <laughs> <laughs> like all the like the skateboarding and snowboarding and, i was just gonna say and, i could like, see that in like snowboarding yeah yeah and specifically avenge sevenfold in the nhl 05 game so <laughs> shout out nhl 05 for, for for some reason very specific um but yeah okay so and, and i wanted to touch on something that you, you were saying earlier on um because again uh the drum thing i can relate to it so hard um any like drum influences early on and like the the the, the covers thing because like oh, in like yeah. the early like the early 2010s like the drum covers on YouTube were like the biggest thing. And I just wanted I to talk a little bit about that because we're literally the same age. And it, it just like, for me, it was like the drumios, but also like specifically like, uh, like Cobus. You remember yeah. Cobus? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. Of course, of course, of course. So I just wanted to talk to you about like your influences early on. Um, and I have, I have one of my influences, influences that I want to touch on after, but, okay. um, so did you have any other influences like of course yeah. yeah um for a while it was like all I was watching on YouTube ever yeah was, yeah but it was always I mean it's always been certain groups of people so my favorite um when I was first starting was Maytel Cohen yeah she, okay I think lives in the states somewhere but she is so good yeah and then that sort of transitioned into Christina Shiano who yeah. is also just incredible incredible um and then there's another christina christina ribalchenko i think is her name okay somewhere over in europe yeah and yeah like i i really have enjoyed watching those three specifically i think because they're women also so it was yeah cool to see like myself in them doing yeah. something i wanted to do myself um but yeah then there's also kobus who one time I messaged him when I first started doing my covers. Mm -hmm. so I think I was in like fifth year maybe of university at this time. Yeah. And um, I was just learning how to record with mics. So I messaged him just thinking like, maybe he'll see it. And then he actually sent me a really nice long reply about starting your career online and like, um, I don't know, just different videos to watch about mic placement and what to think about. And I was like, that's crazy that he's yeah. somebody who like no presence anywhere. Like he doesn't know who I am. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. 
Man, I, I don't know why. I just literally I wrote wrote down Cobus Cobus this afternoon, but I hadn't I hadn't thought of Cobus in probably like probably like six to seven years. Like I, it's it he's he's sort of been in and out of the scene lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I just remember his his videos being just like the pinnacle for me uh, from like at a very early age. Yeah, they're still they're still amazing. Like he has yeah. this one video of Hands Down by Dashboard Confessional. Okay. Which is a really hard song to play on drums in yeah. the first place just because it's so fast. But like the way that he does it is just crazy. Yeah. He's adding yeah. so much stuff and it's already so much that it's yeah. And 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 for me, Koba specifically, it's just I like I was self-taught. And he was self-taught so that messaging was always just like it was just like ingrained kind of thing. yeah um and for me just the, the 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 i guess the youtube video that probably changed my life and i want to ask you if there's one for you but is i discovered mark juliana through like vic the vic firth like uh player series videos mm-hmm. um and it literally changed my life it like it was i think in in 20 uh 15 or 16 and i was like this music exists like it was so wild like to just like sort of like learn the niche it was he was like playing like um like like he's playing a song off of like this beat music project um and it was just like oh my gosh like there's like jazz influence like electronic music and and he's playing like on a live kit um and just totally changed my life because then i I went to see like what his story was like and then like where he went to school and like stuff like that and what he did anyway um I want to ask you if there was like one specific video that like changed like the whole thing for you um I don't know if there is but yeah I know that the video of Maytel playing 46 and 2 I first saw that when I was I don't know, sometime in high school. Yeah. And I, I can still picture she has this one camera angle. It must be set up on her floor tom or something. And like when she hits it in the intro, when it's doing that like push beat thing, mm-hmm. the camera's like shaking a bit because of the movement. And I just thought that was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, uh, yeah. Stoked to check out this video, the 46 and 2 video. Um, yeah yeah that's awesome um just to wrap up on the uh zoe the drummer segment of the pod because we're going to talk about uh your venture um mm-hmm. in a sec um what are you looking forward to right now and um what's the dream from a drummer's perspective um the dream okay well i'll start what am i looking forward to yeah um i am always looking forward to shows Mm, number one thing for sure yeah and we start shows again opening for charlotte on wednesday so yeah so excited to get back and we're playing twice at massey in toronto which i've never even been there so the fact that we're playing oh my gosh crazy yeah yeah it's gonna be incredible uh for those people listening uh, this podcast comes out on Tuesday, so you still got time to get your tickets if it's not sold out. Um, again, Dev is opening for Charlotte Car- Charlotte Carday, as the English say, 
uh, in uh, at Massey Hall. Yeah, on the on the uh, I believe it's the fifteenth. Yeah, and the twenty third. Twenty third, correct of February. Um, so yeah, get your tickets, folks, and you know, see Joey on the uh, Zoe Joey <laughs> Zoe on the drums uh, at Massey Hall. It's gonna be incredible. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm so yeah. excited. That's great. What's what's think, uh? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. I think it's it'll be maybe the biggest like maybe the biggest show that we've done that isn't like a festival or something like a one-off. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a huge. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's huge, and not just because of the capacity, because it's 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 not that big. It's just I think it's just over twenty five hundred or something like that. Like yeah, it's not, it's, it's not iconic. huge, but it's iconic. Like that's yeah. exactly, yeah. It's like, it's like so cool. Like yeah. it's, yeah. And it's, and, and very important. Um, yeah. so yeah, stoked. So for yeah. you guys and, uh, yeah. What's the dream Zoe? Um, the dream I want, I really want to be Travis Barker basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like everything that he is in the drumming world i want to be that yeah so that's the dream that's fantastic yeah thank you travis barker without the flight uh the fear of flight yeah yeah just musical career yeah he's got what i want (laughs) and we're back everybody it's uh we're here with Zoe McMillan on the 54th episode of the Comedy Podcast. I'm back with a new hat um, and uh, having, a, having a good bow, having a good time here. We are also live from my basement in Toronto. Um, the first ep- episode from from uh, my basement here. So um, thanks, basement, you know. Uh, <laughs> Zoe. We're, we're we're chatting with Zoe about uh, about drums, but now we're moving on to her new business uh, called Drumskins. Am I saying that correctly, Zoe? You are, yeah, it's Drumskins. Okay, perfect. It is it is spelled D R U M S K N Z. The Z um, is for Zoe. Okay, perfect, perfect. perfect yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so this is great. It's a solution for, um, you know, for drummers and especially like touring drummers that do. Or for me, I think it's it's it, you know, the primary use is like a lot of like changeovers and like festivals and stuff. But I I want to hear it from you. Like what? So what's the what's the what's the pitch? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got it right. That's yeah. Um. So the reason I made it is because I was playing all these shows. Maybe I should explain what it is first before I get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't have one here with me to show you, but um, I've made these uh, customized mesh covers for your kick drum. They just like stretch over top. They just have an elastic um, outer rim, I guess, that grips onto the drum. And they're not going to go anywhere when you play. Like they don't shift at all. But you can put your logo on them or your your artist name, whatever it is, and you can put them on and take it off all in under 20 seconds. So it basically saves you like the whole time during changeover that you would need to do anything else. Like there's never any time to change your actual kick head. Um, 
So now you can have your artist's name on stage, even if you're playing a festival or you're opening for somebody and sharing a kit or playing a, at a bar and sharing a kit, you know, you're playing on the house one. It's just, it's a solution for all of those problems that I was having myself. And I figured if I was having these problems, other drummers probably are too. And it turned out that was true. Yeah. So here we are now. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, and for those wondering as well, because my immediate thought was, oh, does it change the sound? But no, it really, really doesn't because it doesn't touch the head. It doesn't touch the head. Yeah. Um, because oftentimes like bass drums have like wooden rims that are, that are like over um, the resonant habit of, 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 a, of a bass drum. Um, and, you know, it's, it's great. So thin. Like it's, yeah. it's thin and it's mesh. So it, like there's. There's air passing through it. It's not blocking anything, but yeah, it's not touching it, so it doesn't affect anything. And the mic can still go through it, so it's yeah. yeah. No, it's it's great. I saw I saw it last week in person, and I was like, oh my gosh, there it is, because I'm pretty sure that 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 afternoon you had uh, you had sort of announced it. Yeah. Um, no, but it, no, it's great. Um, what are some of the questions so far that people have asked you? Maybe a DM or like comments that you wanted to maybe talk about just on here. You know that maybe just. We can clip that and send it out or whatever. <laughs> well, the most the most frequent question that I've been getting, yeah, is can I make them for twenty four inch kicks? Oh yeah. And the answer is I don't know yet. Oh. Because um, it depends on how big the heat press is at the uh, business that I'm doing my printing. Yeah. And I think I can probably do it. But I just don't know. I won't know until Monday, really. So for yeah. everybody out there who's asking me, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. I mean, this is coming out on Tuesday, so you might have a, have, a, have an answer by then. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. Okay. Um, and you said, like, and why did this come about? Was it just like you thought of it sort of one day you were like, you like yeah, thinking about so, something on, on the couch you were bored or something playing drums you're like oh my gosh i gotta i got there there needs to be a solution to this yeah i don't remember i don't think there was like one show or uh, situation that i thought of it and i was like i need something that does this mm -hmm. it was just something that i had come up with at some point yeah and um i found the the note on my computer when i was first doing like sketches of what i thought it could be and that was from um, just before Christmas of 2022. And then. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a while ago and I kind of just sat on it for like almost a year. And then in the summer, like last summer, I started, you know, talking to Dev and Erica about it. And. And I was like, I wonder if there's an actual way that I could do this. And then sort of around October, November, um, I decided I should at least try and do this. Yeah. So then, yeah, with some help from family friends, we were able to make my first prototype, which was a Devon head. And we used that one on the first part of the Charlotte tour mm -hmm. before Christmas of last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it worked great. So then we just figured out like there's a white border on that one that we got rid of just by printing a little bit differently. Yeah. And yeah, now they're all good to go. So wild. Yeah. Um, is it patented? 
No, it can't. Oh, interesting. Okay. I know. And why is that? I did hire, I hired a patent agent, um, cause I guess you can't just like determine if something is patentable yourself or not. You need to like do it legally. Right. So this lawyer, um, did the search for me and he found six different patents that are basically this product in different ways, but they're all for kick drums. So he was like, you definitely can't get a patent. So it, sure. I mean, it saves me a pant load of money because patents are like 30 grand. Yeah. Yeah. So at least there's that. Mm -hmm. That's a good outcome of that. But yeah, I mean, it still poses an issue potentially in the future of like someone copying it. But I think like the answer is just to, to do it and be the best at it. I think that's my way around it. Yeah, and you and utilizing your your the platform that you have right now yeah. to sort of promote it, and it's been going yeah. well. You're you're telling me t this morning, uh, in a meeting, uh, that there's five. You you're just you're looking at your phone. There was five orders, five yeah. new orders just on on uh, on the way. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's, yeah great. it's great. It's it's a bit um, <laughs> it's a bit scary. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> because I you know we've been able to keep up in this we've been able to i just launched it on sunday of last week. yeah we've been able to in keep like up yeah. yeah yeah sure. um, but yeah like today and yesterday the videos that i posted on instagram and tiktok are it's the same video but they just took off and yeah. so i'm getting all of these orders and right now my production line consists of my mom that's it right so, right right like I, I don't know. I hope that um, I'll be able to hire at least one other person to sew for me so that my mom can stop or like do less because I don't want to work her like to the bones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, how long does it take to produce like one, one, um, like one product, I guess? One. Well, so I... I think it takes my mom like an hour to sew one. Yeah. So about that. Um, I was helping her last night, excuse me, doing some pinning and chalking and, you know, yeah. whatnot for her to sew. And that sped it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think by yourself, it's about an hour cool. per drop skin. Yeah. Nice. And how, like, for how much are you selling them for? I'm selling them for um, just under 120 Canadian, but free shipping in Canada. There you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. not free shipping anywhere else because my reasoning for doing that was Canadians have to pay tax, but nobody else does because I don't have like a physical location anywhere other than Canada. Right. So I was like, well, we'll even it out this way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. And, um, is it, is it like, is it, do you have a business? Like, is it like, a, are you charging tax? Is it like a HST? No, no I'm, I'm, I'm talking, yeah. I'm talking that stuff because we're going through with like everything with eights right now. Um, and we got some announcements on the way for those listening. Ooh. Um, but, uh, so everything like on that end is, is all good. Yeah. Yeah. And it honestly didn't take very long to set that up. Um, yeah. like getting my, 
business registered. It's just registered registered as a sole proprietorship, right? Yeah, now. yeah, totally. Um, but then getting my business number and like registering that with the CRA to be able to collect GST, it wasn't that hard. But no, only no. because I was like on the phone with somebody the whole time, totally. because I was I was worried that I was gonna do it wrong, and then mm. like be arrested. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Whenever there's stuff with the CRA, me too. I'm like, I'm always nervous. I'm like, okay, this I'm clicking. Okay, <laughs> very like, yeah, yeah, very calm. Yeah, yeah. I, know. I, I totally get that. Um, mm -hmm. what's the dream for 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 drumskins? <laughs> um, I I really want one day to have my own like workshop, basically. So I want to own my yeah. own machines for printing and have like a team of sewers. Um, and I think it would be really cool to have a physical like pop-up location sometimes. You know how at Stacked Market, they have those like pop-ups yeah. container things. Totally. I would love to do something like that where mm -hmm. people can come in, um, they send me their designs. Like right now I'm doing all the designing myself, which I like right. doing. Um, it kind of uses my like engineering skills. A bit. Okay. It was stuff that <laughs> you I designing learned. on AutoCAD? No. <laughs> okay. I wish. <laughs> That'd, be That'd be sick. No, I'm doing it on Illustrator, but it's like yeah. it's very similar. Right. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> so my my nice. idea is that people will come in, I'll do their design, and then we'll just have it done. Like an hour later, they go shop and they come back and they can pick it up. I think that would be oh, so like fun. at stack market. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, not necessarily there, but like somewhere. Yeah. Have you thought? And this is I'm going off script here. Have you thought about other ways that that product could like go to other things like in the music industry, like uh, like amp covers and like yeah. things like that? I, I haven't figured out how it would work yet, but I yeah. have been getting some comments and DMs about. Um, asking whether or not I do them for certain types of amps. And right. the answer is no right now. Yeah. Because I need to figure out how to do this yeah. on like a bigger scale right now. Of course. Now. But, yeah. You know, once that part's down, I think it would be an obvious transition into other instruments or, you know, whatever yeah. you need. That's fantastic. And I also don't want to give up uh, your, your secrets or like uh, trade secrets <laughs> or anything like that, but that's, that's, that is fantastic. Um, great. Um, for, for people, of course, listening, you got to go check out drum skins. It is a solution for changeovers, but I wasn't even thinking like, obviously it, obviously we, I think festivals, but I was even just thinking like just bars and stuff too. Like you're, you're, you're doing the whole uh you know 10 minutes tr like um switch over at the horseshoe tavern or whatever and you want to just upscale your production just a bit with the drum skin and it is such a big just just having the drum skin is is a big branding thing and it can it can scale your your um just the production value of your show um a whole bunch so go check out drum skin sorry drum skins um and um <laughs> <laughs> yeah do it up folks instagram yeah. do you have a site zoe i do yeah drumskins.com but 
D-R-U-M-S-K-N-Z.com. Welcome back, everybody. It's uh, 54th episode of the Collaboration Podcast here with Zoe McMillan. We're about to play the uh, the Dreamfest game, rather. Um, for those who don't know what the Dreamfest game is, is basically I ask my guests uh, what their Dream Festival lineup be. Uh, sorry, what their Dream Festival lineup would be. I asked them who the headliner would be, the second headliner, the opener, where this festival would happen, when during uh, when would it, it would happen during the year, um, the how many people could attend, and the specific food or beverage um, option that would be uh, served specifically for this event. Um, so yeah, Zoe, what you got for the Dream Fest game? Okay, so my headliner would be Queen. Yeah. Nice. Once I learned it could be dead or alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I always thought that would be it would have been so cool to see them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So great. Um my next would be Hardy because I love him. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> and change it up a little bit. Yeah. And then my opener would be I don't know I, I was thinking about it and I thought I had somebody but really all I had was I want to play in the opener yeah why not I'm you know on stage yeah yeah, yeah. so would you say like Devin Cole the opener yeah, yeah Devin Cole sure Devin Cole Devin the Cole Hardy and Queen yeah yeah Sounds like that'd a be, fantastic night. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, where where would this uh, where would this night happen? Um, at Wembley. Oh, fantastic! Okay. Yeah. Great. In, uh, yeah. What in, um, in in what month? We'll go July. July for the whole year. Yeah. Uh, it's only right. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, and and because it's Wembley, it's massive. Is it like mm -hmm. the attendance? Is it is it ninety thousand or is it eighty thousand or whatever? It's, it's full. full. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, and then this is a fun one: food or beverage. Is there like a, is there is there like a Zoe like sort of uh, yeah. staple? Yeah. Yeah. Chicken fingers. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Fantastic. Honestly, I don't know why, but chicken fingers comes up a lot. Really? A lot, a lot of people just love chicken fingers, and I don't blame them. They should. Yeah. 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 Do, you, <laughs> do you have like a special like uh like a sauce or something that you like with the with the chicken fingers? Like... Um, I like to mix mayo and sriracha. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's fantastic. No, it is great. Hey, I I do love uh that uh a mayo mayo sriracha combo. Um, and that's uh, how we end the app. <laughs> uh, Zoe, thank you so much for for being on. Um, it was so insightful to um, you know to learn more about uh, your journey. We also don't really know each other that well, yeah, um, so just to just to hang and just to learn more about you, and just honestly notice just how much we have in common. Even just like the whole like civil engineering thing, which is funny. I know that's, um, that's crazy. Yeah, and and just the whole drumming thing, and, and really for me, it's like relating to you just for the drums, but also for the the covers and how influential the covers were um, to both of us early on. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on. 
Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah. Was... My first podcast. Oh, yes. First of many, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, for the people listening, make sure to check her out at uh, at Zoe, Z-O McMillan uh, on IG and Drumskins. But it's D-R-U-M-S-K-N-Z-Z, two Zs uh, on IG to, uh, to, and to get your new drumskin. Um, and to solve so many issues um, in in when, you know, g- going through changeovers and stuff uh, uh, during a live show. Um, I also want to thank the people who are listening. Uh, yes, it's the 54th episode of the Cloud Machine Podcast. Uh, thanks for being here from uh, the beginning or if this is your first uh, episode listening in. Um, we love to see the interaction online, the comments, the the questions, and we're always here to help and support the people uh, who want to know, uh, who want to know more about the music industry, want to learn more um, about sort of what the people are doing in and outside of the the business. Uh, Please leave your comments, uh, like, subscribe, do the whole whole thing uh, if you want to, no pressure. And um, as always, stay safe and see you next week.